Thank you for tuning in to WEQY 104.7, the voice of the East Side. This is Wesley Wright, your unbougie foodie. Welcome. Today we'll be talking about food, as always, but I'd like to first introduce my show, my guest host, Shannon Tui. Say hi, if you would, Shannon. Hi, Minneapolis, from St. <laughs> Paul, Twin City. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, uh, it's really an honor and a pleasure to have you. I know that you, I, I know now so many different, or I'm getting to know so many different foodie friends. Um, so yourself included, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you involved or what do you enjoy about cooking? Well, I'd say that I started cooking, you know, since I was a toddler. I would sit on the counter and help my mom make dishes and everything. And I'd say that's kind of where I get all my love of food from my mom. She was really big on, you know, if you're going to prepare a food from a different culture, for instance, then you better learn everything you possibly could about where your ingredients are coming from, where, you know, what influenced this and how, you know, I don't know, something changed from, you know, how they make it in America versus the country of origin. It was really cool to learn that from a really, really young age. And so I'd say that's kind of where all of that came from. And then I really use cooking as a de-stressor. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, Do you have any type of favorite food specifically that you like to cook? I mean, because I know that you are wonderful. You make wonderful desserts. I've had the opportunity to have some. So um, tell us a little bit about you know some of the things that you like to make especially desserts well i was just talking about this that i use cooking kind of i i have like way too many cookbooks it's kind of an unholy amount of cookbooks. <laughs> and so when when i'm feeling really really stressed out i stress bake okay. and, and that could be like it's in the midnight kitchen basically <laughs> i'll start making cupcakes at two in the morning because i can't sleep and I don't know, I just like love to do, put all those ingredients together and it's, I, baking it's more of a science versus cooking, it's just kind of throw something in a pan and see what happens. What you said. I mean, that's a science <laughs> so I really love to make desserts for more kind of social experiment, like not social experiments, social reasons to bring it to friends or work and then, um, what do I like to bake the most? I don't know. I really like to experiment with kind of weird, unique ingredients in baking. I really got into the um, this cookbook of using Japanese ingredients yes. in, baked, in baked goods. So I made a chocolate tart with miso that I think you had. Was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know. Um... So now I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> I'm, yeah, just, I'm, now I'm just thinking of miso tart. Right? <laughs> With the strawberries With the and everything. Oh my goodness. That that was I I when you described it and when it you 
brought it over and I, you know for me presentation is everything so the way that it was presented and the aesthetic and the way that it looked was just I don't want to cut this but I have to cut it because it just looks delicious so no I I totally understand and I appreciate how you your attention to detail uh, the way that the strawberries were positioned in a spiral and so forth so thank you so much uh, I know that uh, for the dinner party that we were at it was very much appreciated and it was beautiful so thank you very much for that thank you and so then that being said I think kind of like if I were to pick a genre of food that I love to eat and to cook the most mm -hmm. it would be like Asian food in general we're talking Indian Vietnamese Chinese <laughs> Japanese Thai it's kind of across the board and that's a good that's a good thing I mean I and I think uh, giving people the opportunity to try so many different foods is what I appreciate and especially if there's someone that I know that likes to cook and cooks on a wide variety or wide range um, that's much appreciated uh, because you know not every I, I think I've talked to you know previous guests and you know Kari Matsumoto um, not everybody's taste is the same so what I might like, you know, you might not like and vice versa, or we might just have the same liking in whether it be sushi or something or the other. So, yeah, um, I think by having uh, that variety um, is is really important. Um, what is there a favorite uh, food spot that you like to go to? Because I've seen you taking pictures, lady friend. I've seen you taking pictures. Well, frankly, I feel punished if I don't get to go out to eat five times a week minimum. It's like, why, why am I being tortured? Uh, uh, my hot spot right now, which I think I've Instagrammed way too many times. No, I love, no, please don't say that. I love Nighthawks and Birdie. Yeah, so, see? Oh, mm. So good. I am absolutely addicted to the raw vegetable salad. Oh, my at, goodness. At, um night it's it's amazing and again it's kind of this asian influence because there's a fish sauce base i think is the dressing okay and so you have these beautiful watermelon radishes and these peanuts where i don't even know what they do to the peanuts it's just <laughs> like beautiful and so perfectly thinly sliced avocado and it's put in front of you and i just inhale it <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought about doing probably your own variation of that maybe at home or you know i i've been toying around with it i think i just really should ask for the recipe because <laughs> but when i cook at home i do a lot of vegetable bases okay because i absolutely you know give me a bowl of broccoli and i'm I happy vegetable see i'm there with you i think mine though is brussels sprouts yeah brussels mine is brussels sprouts so yours is broccoli exactly. okay brussels, brussels sprouts with some balsamic uh, well i i would just straight out drink balsamic vinegar that's <laughs> I, i'm very italian in that way <laughs> oh that's see that's perfect um i um what other because i know we're talking about food but um, are there other interests um, that you have? Um, I know Instagramming. I, so, well, but I say, I say that because Instagramming is another form of photography. And I, 
we have a, we share that liking along with food and so forth but are there along with you know doing taking photos of food and being just out with friends and so forth um are there other things like photography or so forth that you that interests you Oh, well, I I'm kind of consider myself a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. <laughs> By profession, I am a theater artist, nice. so it's directing and acting are my main focuses with um, playwriting. But I don't know, I just really enjoy kind of the arts. I go to a lot of museums, I do visual arts myself. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I oh, In college, besides theater, I also studied film, okay. so I really watch a lot of movies and I was thinking about this before coming on the show about how so many movies have this kind of beautiful presentation of food and it just kind of permeates throughout our culture how yeah. we always kind of are thinking or talking about food like what we do today exactly <laughs> so um because I was recently watching um big night with um Tony Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci and okay. so it's about these Italian brothers and their restaurant's going to close and they're going to make this big spread because it's kind of the celebration and they bring out a timpano. Which, have I, you, do you know what a timpano I is? I don't know, no. I don't know the exact like, way to make it. I've always kind of wanted to make one and so it's like layers of pasta and meats and sauce in this big gigantic pan and oh, wow. it's this beautiful delicacy. And so then I was like, oh yeah, but I really like this other movie that has food and every Miyazaki movie has the most delicious food. So it's kind of funny how all of my all of my other interests also dip into this food culture. Nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I when I look at, I guess I've never really looked, paid more attention into the movies and theater or well not theater but movies when they are presenting food but i see how it is influential uh when we make certain things if you would um so yeah i I could see where that comes into play and yeah i could definitely see that um i know you talked about certain ingredients uh if you would not certain but ingredients that probably would not be the ordinary to use are there any other uh interesting ingredients that you feel that you've uh, aside from the miso that um uh, the tart that you made um are there any other ingredients that you've used in the past that that are really out of the box well yeah i guess yeah (laughs) well it's weird because I i don't know coming from minnesota i feel like now you know it used to be really hard to get something like fresh ginger mm-hmm. or some you know that would be you'd have to go maybe ginger is a poor example but you know you would have to go to ten thousand different grocery stores or go to new york or something right and so i don't what have i used that's really out of the box recently i don't know because everything seems kind of normal even though it's not necessarily okay. no. normal well, especially if you're a person that cooks a lot you if you're used to get getting these different ingredients and so forth you're like that's not really out of the ordinary for me you know <laughs> it's it's just what i go and get you know exactly uh, I, I was on a hunt for fresh lychees for mm-hmm. the longest time because they're finally in season right and so it was 
it was funny kind of talking about unusual ingredients. Lychees, I, you know, I grew up eating lychees, whatever. And so I was talking to one of my coworkers and she's like, Shannon, you kind of know a lot of weird food ingredients. <laughs> and she goes, I used to nanny like a hundred years ago and there were these fruits and they were white and I couldn't remember what they were. And I'm like, oh, lychees. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and so it became this thing now where we're always I'm like oh I found lychee chocolate here you go oh, she goes, wow. oh my kids got me lychee tea here so it's a, a lychee exchange there you go if you would say so <laughs> so lychees have been on the brain lately nice <laughs> um, when it comes to um, I suppose any type of restaurants is there one that you find um that you're you you want to spend more and more time with and learn more about all the different dishes that they have so that you could probably do your own spin on them and not really not go back to them but <laughs> but kind of just so like I okay. never have to well, go to no, that restaurant not, again not because <laughs> it's, it's all about experiences going out there and so forth you know to a restaurant but sometimes you know you want to have your friends and family you know taste something it's like oh, i've gone to this restaurant and i want to do the same thing and you know make it for my family without having to go to the restaurant um that i respect a restaurant you know for them wanting to have their recipes or whatever i'm not trying to say like oh well can i have the recipe and there's nothing wrong with that at all but um there are times where you just kind of want to i had something so good i want to share it with you know fr friends and family is there ever a restaurant or maybe j a dish i'll say not a restaurant because we're not using names <laughs> now just a, a dish or something that you could remember that you find i mean uh, you know, we talked about the salad before, mm. but, you know. Well, and, uh, and coming back to that place, I had the most amazing zucchini bread mm. the, um, at Birdie. And okay. So it was just, yeah. Oh, well, it's maybe. <laughs> no, 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 um, it's fine. And so I don't, it was just kind of like I'd never had zucchini bread that was so good. I kind of think of zucchini as like a throw. I love zucchini, but I think of zucchini bread as right. a throwaway where it's like, oh, I'm zucchini and that's kind of going to go bad in the crisper. Right. Better make some bread. Kind of yeah. like rotten bananas. No. Bread. <laughs> and it was just this life-changing thing. And I really, well, I appreciate when a restaurant will give a recipe. Of course. And granted, I don't think you can ever truly recreate a recipe from a restaurant because they have so many other factors. They have the prep work. They have, you know... Every, all of the elements kind of right there, which is why I could never work in a restaurant. It would be way too stressful, no, I think. I understand. Oh, I would be sweating into everybody's food, and it would just be a hot mess. No. <laughs> Have you ever worked at a restaurant, ever? No, I could never, I could never do it. Oh, I appreciate boy. everybody who could, but I think the stress would get to me. And I would probably just want to like take little bites off of everybody's dishes. Like, I like that. That looks ooh, good. Ooh, that tomato's just perfect. I'm gonna go for that. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, I don't do that when I'm cooking at home. I don't have my fingers in the food, but I use a fork. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't lick the spatula. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what's the largest group that you've ever cooked for or prepared a meal for? <sighs> you know. We always have a big kind of Christmas Eve party. And mm -hmm. so back when I was a kid, my, so my father is the middle child of 12 siblings. So huge, huge family on that side. So we would have all the uncles 
and whatever. I help. I would always help my mom cook, obviously. And then in college, my roommate Bridget and I would always throw these kind of big parties, but it was never like, I don't know, big dishes. It was like a really nice cheese plate, right. and then kind of it was more about the cocktails versus the um, food. So mo- I don't, most recently, I probably have cooked for a group of eight. Okay. Food, which, I don't know. It's kind of like dinner parties should be six or eight. You know, I, I personally have not... I haven't been had the pleasure to do that yet. Uh, a large, larger group. I think I've cooked for two, maybe four of my you know groups of friends, um, and they're always very gracious and everything. And you know, for me, I'm always like, oh god, no, this this didn't turn out the way that I'd like. I, I'd like it to. <laughs> I'm not a perfectionist. There are some out there that are going to say Wesley is a perfectionist. He has to have things a certain way. When it comes to certain things, yes. And then there are other things that I'm like, okay, I will allow some leeway. But um, they know that he's going to uh, overanalyze things <laughs> and cause them himself type some type of issue because he, that chicken wasn't done correctly. You guys could have it, but I don't feel I could have it because it just wasn't prepared correctly. And I'm not embarrassed by it. It's just like, it's not the same thing as when my parents did it. I know a certain way. And uh, so. I don't know. Well, I think it kind of brings back, it's both like thrilling to make something for somebody and have the reaction the first time somebody bites into something but it's also kind of stressful in terms of like oh maybe i should have cooked the rice for one more minute or oh because when you're cooking for yourself it's like oh i guess i'll just eat this raw potato whatever (laughs) (laughs) like i've eaten worse (laughs) no i i get it and i i'm glad that you also understand that too and um yeah so I, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling on this end quite a bit, and she could confirm this. But it's yes. because I'm thinking in my head what others would actually be saying, and you know, they're like I said, they at times are very gracious. So I appreciate them for being my guinea pigs. That's what you are. Yes, you're in that wheel. <laughs> no. <laughs> so no. Um, mind games. Yes. Well, no, nothing like that. But no, I appreciate them for just being willing to try something. I'll explain it, what it is. I will never go off and tell my friends, oh, hey, yeah, this is beef. And all of a sudden, you know, it's, it happens to be lengua or, you know, beef tongue or something like that. And they're like, uh, 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 am I supposed to be eating? The, you, you didn't tell me what this was. I'm like, I did tell you it was beef. No, you told me. Yeah, you told me it was beef, but you didn't tell me it was this. I will never do that to them, ever. I will always tell them ahead of time, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm going to prepare it. You know, like oxtail. I don't know. Have you ever had oxtail? I love oxtail. Oxtail. See, uh, have you ever been to, and I'm just, it was a reminder on the previous show, or earlier show, I think it may have been my very first show, Pimento Kitchen. No. It's on Eat Street. I believe it's at 23rd, um, the 23rd block um, and Nicolette. Um, it, wonderful Jamaican place. Mm-hmm. Their oxtail are how my parents cook it. Let me just put it that way. My father is the cook, if you would, of the family. And I'm kind of following along. But he, when we do oxtail or when he's doing any type of dish like that, uh He's the king of it. So when I went to them and had that, 
I, I will refer my friends and be like, if you've never had oxtail and you want to have something that it, I know it sounds scary to you, but it's tasty. It, and when it's done and prepared well, you will want to have more of it. And that's how I feel about this place. So that's a suggestion. Maybe you might take your some friends. And again, that's just a suggestion to um, our listeners out there as well. Again, Pimento Kitchen very awesome jamaican place there are uh, other places that we've talked about um i want to go to marla's have you ever been to marla's no i have not caribbean caribbean spice and heat and jerk and curry and yeah i just i love it well because i am not into minnesota spicy Mm. oh i love heat yeah. i love and i have that visceral reaction right you know, where i can be sobbing and like my nose is running and my face is screaming red and i'm just like give me more. more i don't care okay so that you bring up a very i'm gonna tell you a little story what happened yesterday so folks up there they don't know yesterday was my birthday so a number of friends well two friends they invited me over and one specific one cecil Mina. I love you, my brother. Uh, he, yes, that's was the best. Um, he cooked some links or brats, I should say, excuse me. And they were Italian. They were spicy Italian. And normally when I have something spicy, I, you know, my sinuses go crazy. I start to sweat, but literally I took a bite of this. I started crying and <laughs> I, I I don't even know. I didn't even realize I was feeling so much heat and everything rising that my friend you know, Warren and Cecil, they were the ones that were telling me, oh my goodness, you're sweating. I mean, really sweating. I was like, I don't feel anything. And I felt the top of my head. It was like drenched. <laughs> but I'm sitting there still eating this broth like, yeah, I can't breathe, but give me more of it. So, so yeah, I totally understand that. Uh-huh. I, but, okay, but what is the whole Minnesota um, spice or heat thing? Because I've heard it, and folks joke about it and say, oh, you know, some Minnesotans, they... Sorry, I'm, I'm saying this a little bit too loud, and I live here in Minnesota and live in the city. Um, ketchup might be too spicy. I'm like, I know they're joking, but some people... What, what do you feel on that? Well, I think it comes from, and I'm not Minnesota bashing. Me either. I'm from Minneapolis. I love it. I love it. I love it. Except it's, I had a friend once who I think I had just put black pepper on a dish, just to like a dash Mm -hmm. of black pepper takes a bite. Whoa, this is really spicy. I don't know how. And I'm just like, it's black pepper. It's black pepper and salt. You couldn't get any more simple. So it's more mild than that. Exactly. It's. Anything that has, like, any slight hint of heat. Oh, my goodness. And so, I mean, it's a lot of the, like, authentic curries will drive a Minnesotan person wild. Oh, man. It's way too spicy. And, I mean, I think there's a big difference between something so spicy you can't even taste it. Right. Which I'm... Oh, gross. Uh, no, I can't. I can't handle can't. it either. But I just love the nuance of spice, and it's like, give me all... I'm all, I'm a very, I get it from my dad. I'm a condiment person. Okay. So it's like, give me all the sriracha. Give me all of the Thai chilies. Give me all of the 
everything oh on boy. top of it. I know. Oh boy. It's bad. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just, I think I don't want people to see me in that mode of being drenched while I'm eating food. <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I can enjoy, I'm enjoying it. But then to see other people's reactions is kind of like, okay, just leave me alone. Don't look at me then. I'm eating my food. It's like, yes, I, I'm sitting here with a towel over my head or whatever. Just keep going. Do what you're doing. And let's just go. Well, I wouldn't say it's all spicy food, but there's certain things. I don't know if it's like the peppers or if you get just that hint of seeds. Because it can go from zero to 60 in uh, like three seconds. Yes. But I don't know. It's like that pleasurable Szechuan heat or whatever. I, I live for that. It, it's that one that's like warms the insides and then starts to go outward and you're like i feel it on the inside and now it's it's getting to it's going to the outer portions of my of my skin well this is becoming a different kind of show no (laughs) no no i'm just saying it radiates i mean you start to radiate that that heat i mean if it's a if it's a good mild i guess maybe i'm describing the type of heat that i like you know, uh-huh. where it starts a little bit warm on the inside, then you're like, oh, it's 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 growing. It's radiating that more and more further as I either eat it or I'm in, I've ingested it. And it's, okay, maybe it is going to, it sounds kind of weird. I don't know. No, I, I, don't totally, know. I totally know where you're going <laughs> yeah. from. I mean, it's just kind of like one of the fun experience. Like, why would you go for, I don't know, fast food when you can have something with so much nuance? Right. You know, that brings me to a question. When we, when I go to different restaurants and so forth, I am looking for the mom and pop or the, what would you say, the, the out of the norm. I don't want just a franchise restaurant to go to. I want something that is going to be unique either for the neighborhood and maybe even for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel about that? I totally agree with that. I don't know. I mean, it's very rare that there's like maybe two chain restaurants that I go to okay. every once in a while. But I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm very supportive of local business. Right. I'm very supportive of like local ingredients, even though farmer's markets. And I'm going to be sad when farmer's market season is over. I mean, it was it was really funny actually because I just ran when I, I went to the state fair oh, and yes. I ran into I don't know her name and I feel really bad, but she's at a bunch of the farmers markets I frequent. Okay. And so I saw her and I'm like, oh hey! It was just like this total like I love that community connection. Right, exactly. It, with and she grows the most beautiful cucumbers. Mm. It's oh, they taste like cucumbers, which you, <laughs> which it sounds weird, but there's a lot of times you'll get one at a supermarket right. and be. Like oh this kind is of bland th- or... this is nothing. <laughs> um, so I don't know I because I am a millennial. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Kim Kardashian vocal fry right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do go to a couple of I don't know the like more 
hip joints. Now, now I sound like I'm 70, but I don't know. Sometimes I just have no time for hipster nonsense when it comes to food. I understood. You know, I want something that isn't, they're not putting on the dog. They're right. not like acting like this is the most amazing thing. You are, you are blessed to come into my establishment <laughs> and partake in my food. I have no time for that. I want to like sit down, feel, have it be a wealthy environment and have the food speak for itself. Exactly. Now, and so you definitely understand and appreciate more about having the food experience and knowing that, okay, let the, like you said, let the food speak for itself rather than all this different fluff mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. And that's what I go for. I, I don't try to go in uh, looking for ooh, the newest and next best thing. I want my I want the food to be good and want to be able to present it to you know the community or neighborhood and say hey this is really good stuff so it's it's right in your neighborhood it might be even just a small drive or something like that or of the nature why not go there mm -hmm. um, but again I also want it to be a unique enough place that they're saying oh well yeah I've been there oh yeah we went to such and such a fast food or is something like that or a, a regular you know restaurant oh yeah we've, we've been to places like that it's like mm -mm, i don't think so not this place this is this is unique this is different and i want them i want our community our neighborhoods to know about them so yeah that's oh, i am Mm -hmm. Well, no, I agree, and I think there's something about that community building. Like I, building, I like to go to a restaurant once, and then when I go back again, have a waiter go, "Oh, hi," again. Exactly. you know, again. It, it, I think that's so important, and you don't, I don't. That's something I think it's very unique to Minnesota in some ways because of just kind of going to the Minnesota nice, but these, these local places have that important sense of community like you were saying yes. and it's like honestly I, I don't want to go to a restaurant that doesn't remember me is exactly. that really narcissistic no, well, but, no. Well, <laughs> I mean because you want you're in a community or you you're a frequent uh, visitor of that establishment and wanting to know that okay yeah I love going here you know they have really great food and if someone says oh hey shannon it's nice to see you back or wesley you know thanks for coming back and visiting us or bringing friends along with you it's like you know we appreciate your business and not just we appreciate your business but mm -hmm. thanks for coming you know showing their appreciation and they show it in the food yeah so that's what i look for and that's what i appreciate i want to go into talking about a few of uh recipes that uh, i will i prepared this past week preparing for the weekend knowing that i'm not going to be cooking anything <laughs> because i was going to be celebrating my birthday all of this weekend but anyway that's that's not changing it's just that other situations have occurred that yeah i need to prepare meals ahead of time so i won't have to worry about okay now i have to cook <laughs> when i go home but one specific one which i saw on well you probably have seen on my Facebook page, the Unbougie Foodies Facebook page, is the bacon wrap pork shoulder. And that bacon I don't yes, I think everyone comes up with they'll do their own spin of something that they've seen um, a recipe or something that they've seen on a network television show uh, or maybe in a magazine. Um, there was something very similar 
uh, to that uh, bacon wrap pork shoulder roast that I did, but rather than I did, a, I thought I was doing a cross between a porchetta. I don't know how to do a porchetta yet. I, I've loved it ever since a friend, um, you know, mentioned or actually introduced it to me and or cooked it for me. And uh, they shared it. They shared half of it. I mean, they did this big piece of anyway. Uh, and they gave me half. And I was like, I have to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. You know, I don't have a huge, wonderful kitchen, but, you know, I cook things out of my kitchen. And so this came along and I was like, well, this pork shoulder was just so inexpensive. And I said, well, crap, what do I have available? I have bacon. I have, you know, all this. I have thyme, uh, rosemary, all these different other, you know, herbs and, and you know ingredients that I'm like, OK, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of money. I'm going to buy this pork roast. I think that pork roast at Cub was less than five dollars. It was a three pound pork roast and it was like perfect. It's just awesome. Uh, and I think it turned out great. Um, I won't say what happened to the remainder of the pork roast. Let's just say that uh, it no longer exists. It is no longer in, I mean, it's a two or three, well, it's a three pound pork roast. And you're thinking one person can't eat a three pound pork roast. Yes, they can. <laughs> yes, they can. Well, I guess the mystery of the pork roast. Yes, yeah, well, yes, they can. Yes, they can. I'm serious. I'm like, I didn't have anything else with this pork roast. I didn't have, I, I, on, yes, Facebook does show that I did asparagus. And that was, I'll touch on that too. I did asparagus and Brussels sprouts. Those were roasted. But that was day two after, you know, initially cooking the pork roast. So let me go into the actual recipe of what I prepared. So again, it, and you could find this recipe um, on uh, the Ambuji Foodies Facebook page as well. But again, it's the bacon wrapped uh, pork roast or a pork shoulder roast. Um, it was a three pound pork shoulder. Uh, the ingredients were three clo uh, garlic cloves that were minced, um, six to eight bacon slices, uh, two teaspoons of coarsely chopped ro uh, rosemary, one teaspoon of chopped thyme, uh, a teaspoon of paprika, one tablespoon of olive oil, and one medium onion and also a half bell pepper. I like bell peppers and I wanted to have something to mix in with the onion, so I added that. And then of course, salt and pepper. And then if you have kitchen twine, that will also help to make sure that, you know, it stays in the place. Um, but basically it is just simply, uh, it, the preparation of this pork roast was really simple. Um, trimmed off some of the fat from the, the shoulder, just leaving a, a thin layer to give it some flavor. I don't know how you are, uh, how you feel about, um, I, I don't trim up all the fat off of the meat. What no, do you, because you lose so much of the juiciness. Right, the, exactly. The and you know, over the, over the years, I learned that as well. Um, so, you know, to hear that, you know, hey, leave some fat on some of, you know, your meat. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, you can it, it will some cook off some especially if you're leaving a thin thin layer But still it adds that flavor and and whatnot um, so basically uh, as the rest of the recipe, you know um, You know indicates you, know, you would actually drizzle a half of the olive oil on the shoulder And then you would season the shoulder with salt and pepper and then half of all the aromatic herbs and as well as the garlic uh, the aromatics meaning the rosemary the thyme um, 
those main two and then of course the paprika and so on um and then you would put it in the refrigerator for about for about an hour and just kind of like let it sit uh for you know one hour prior to the cooking time and then you start to prepare uh the other i mean like your oven making sure that it's preheated um but uh, you all of the information is definitely is found on the website so you could certainly re read or uh, learn out the rest of the cooking process which just includes the prep on placing it in the pan and browning it and so forth but make sure to check that out uh, again on the website that is the bacon wrapped pork shoulder roast um, and that can be found on the notes page of the uh, ambuji foodie so um, make sure you if you want to try it and leave a message and say how it turned out for you mine turned out well <laughs> i'm not saying some people might go ahead and use that i like i said i use that as a foundation looking at from other recipes and saying how can i what do what do i feel um this i want this dish to taste like um and that's what i do i you know i don't i'm quite sure that there are others out there who feel that same way about using it as a foundation what about yourself yeah, I mean, I will follow a recipe only to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Like, it's different with baking because that you have to kind of be very precise or else you have some really flat, sad cakes. Right. But I don't know. I'm always, I'm always kind of loaded. Like, if they say one teaspoon of cumin, I'm like, here, let's put four because <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the flavor. But I'm the bacon wrap. That sounds really fantastic. I, it looked beautiful. Uh, thank you. I hope somebody else tries it or any of you. Um, of my listeners out there tries it and um gives it a go and p please let me know how you how yours turns out um i mean i love the color i love how it it stayed moist i mean it was it was just delicious and you know like i said it it helped for what i ate for the remainder portion of the week um i did those roasted asparagus and brussels sprouts um, again, those those were simple because that was just, you know, preparing if you're familiar with preparing asparagus, it's just making sure you're snapping off the heart or the harder um, ends of the asparagus um, and then, you know, drizzling that with olive oil, salt and pepper, a little light salt and pepper. And then for my Brussels sprouts, pretty much the same thing, but I cut them in halves, drizzled it a little bit with uh, with uh, olive oil did some a uh, light drizzle of balsamic vinegar uh and then uh, a few sliced cloves of garlic and then roasted that for about 20 minutes in the oven um i sliced up the pork roast <laughs> i cut that bad well when i say badly i i sliced i think there was about eight or nine slices and yeah i yeah i did that <laughs> but i ate like three <laughs> yeah um it was delicious i i loved it so again please someone out there um please if you would uh give me some feedback and let me know what you're thinking um how it turned out for you um another recipe which i had been doing uh, do you like salsa i love salsa okay um being that we're friends we know each other now we're acquaintances <laughs> <laughs> um i would love to one day make so, some salsa and then you know hear your opinion on it but i have been 
doing salsa for quite some time and I went to this was uh, I think a couple of years ago um, when I went to um, a cooking class um, that was being hosted by cooks of Crocus Hill uh, in St. Paul and uh, the salsa it they referred to it as salsa mexicana uh, and I had been doing this my salsa if you would um, for quite a while before going to um, cooks but everything seemed to be it's a smaller portion I always do mine in larger portions because um, at work people want to have it and I put a lot of stuff in it a whole lot <laughs> and so it, perme it, it permeates you know the, the office at times because I put fresh garlic which I want to touch on that because I don't know if you what did you know that there are a variety of garlic that are out there? I mean, I don't want to sound uneducated about that, but it, I thought it was just garlic. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I mean, I was maybe about three or four years ago, a friend introduced me to a gentleman that went to farm or would actually be at the farmer's market. He was a garlic man. And he introduced me to uh, a number of different garlics. Uh, I, he said that he has about 60 variations of garlic. 60. And I'm like, wow. Did you know that there was like possibly a wide variety like that? Well, I think I, to a certain extent, maybe I didn't like think in my head, but I mean, if you think of like heirloom varieties okay. or, I mean, there's elephant garlic, there's so purple garlic, right. there's... I, I mean, I guess I, it's not, I don't go to sleep at night thinking about <laughs> garlic, <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of amazing how many cross breeds there can be, or this, or certain seeds that are hundreds of years old that create beautiful garlic plants now. Right. Yeah. There were two that, and I, you know, I'll go back to where I was going with the salsa, but there were just two that he touched on or that he gave me two bulbs that was um it was georgia fire and and in chilean red and i these garlics i've used regular elephant garlic in making my salsa but once i made that change into using those other two or the variations of the other two i think it took my salsa making to a different level um, and but I just can't find them anymore, and I can't find someone out there. Please tell me where the garlic man is. I know he's in Farmington, Minnesota, or he has a farm there, but I, you know I haven't seen him at the farmers market, and I, I hope that he still has access to you know those types of garlic to the, to the good stuff. to the goods yeah yeah i need them i need them it has to be the great garlic search of 2016 I, that probably you know before <laughs> the end of the year is out or something yeah you can make somebody who you can make whoever finds the garlic man salsa oh my <gasps> gosh see you're already putting it out there that's fine you could find it i will let, make it let for it be you known. i know <laughs> let the word be spoken yeah, anyway, back to the actual salsa mexicana. Um, the recipe for that, it makes this, it's a small recipe, but it's small enough for you to, you know, um, for your family. You won't really waste it. Uh, it's different when you have to make it for a group of about 50 people where, you know, I've got to, anyway, it's got to be a whole lot of tomatoes and stuff. In this case, it's just, it makes about three cups. So you start off with six Roma tomatoes, you know, you finely chop them. 
uh, one small onion, all, again, also finely chopped. And then two, if you like chilies, like specifically um, serrano um, or jalapeno, you could add two. Um, for me, I like to add like one jalapeno and one serrano because I like that heat. And then if I really want to add some, bring out the flavor even more and spice it up more is to add one habanero ch um, chili and uh, one Thai chili. I know that sounds like a lot. I'm not suggesting it for this, but you know, because you want your family to be able and friends to be able to enjoy it without saying, I need water. I feel like I've just eaten the sun. <laughs> um, the next uh, ingredients uh, you want to add is one third of uh, one third of a cup of loosely packed um, cilantro. Not everybody likes cilantro, so again, that could be to taste. You want to roughly chop that, and then one to two limes, making sure that you have those juiced, and then um, you would salt, and I would say add some pepper to taste. You mix all of that together. Uh, you add the salt. Uh, and then again adjusting whatever seasonings that you feel you need to so that it's palatable for you or for your family or if you again if you want some more heat add some more serrano um, you know, or any of the other chilies that you feel comfortable with but again um, it's a simple recipe uh, I will make that available on the uh, the Unbougie Foodie uh, website or uh, uh, Facebook page as well so uh, please feel free to utilize that and give me your feedback on that um, although this is one from cooks uh, of Crocus Hill um, I also have you know my own recipe that I use on a, you know for a larger amount so if you'd like that please feel free to get in contact with me by email at the unbougiefoodie at gmail.com once again that's the unbougiefoodie at gmail.com uh, make sure that you're also following us on, or following me, there's only one on Bougie Foodie. Uh, <laughs> make sure you're following me on Instagram at uh, the underscore on Bougie Foodie uh, and uh, on Twitter at on Bougie Foodie. Um, we are going to be coming to a close or are coming to a close. Uh, Shannon, I want to thank you so much for being here and again as i mentioned it's been an honor having you i didn't even ask you are you gonna stay with us for the whole entire time <laughs> i just assumed it <laughs> i just feel at home here <laughs> thank you i appreciate that well thank you thanks so much um again we are about to come to a close but i want you all to remember that you have been listening to the umbuji foodie on weqy 104.7 the voice of the east side uh, get out there and enjoy food is, and know that it is not about the type of foodie that you are but again uh, it really is about the food that you're enjoying and the, and the experiences that you're actually having um, it's with family, friends, whomever um, once again don't let anyone put you in that box or try to tell you what type of foodie you are because you know as I've said once again it is all about the food um, thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure that you tune in for next week as we'll be talking more about foods and I'll have another guest host. His name is James LaCatz. So James, looking uh, forward to having you on. Before I go, I want to also say shout out to our friends in Las Vegas, specifically uh, Demetria Bonner. Happy birthday, my sister. 
Uh, thank you so much again for your listening and peace. <laughs>